Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. Our Sunday services have now moved online and you can tune in every week for worship, prayer and our weekly sermon by going to christchurchlondon.org forward slash church hyphen at hyphen home. We're now going to hear the talk from this week's Church at Home service. Today's reading is from 2 Corinthians, chapter 8, verses 1 to 9. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, In complete earnestness and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty might become rich." Hi everyone, Uh, fantastic to be with you. We're at a really exciting point in the Christchurch London year as we approach uh, for next Sunday, the gift day. Uh, Now, you may be surprised that I use the word exciting and gift day in the same sentence, but I am quite genuine about it. Our gift days over the years that Christchurch London has existed have been some of the genuine, some of the real highlights of our life together. And they've been that, I think, because of the spiritual work that they've done in us. Giving is good for our hearts, uh, but also because of the extraordinary sense of God being with us and the ways in which he has provided, sometimes in really remarkable ways. Now, if you're new here, you need to know we don't talk about money very often. In fact, the last time we preached about money was about 15 months ago. Uh, And uh, I just wanted you to be aware of that up front. But today I do want to help us think about this gift day as it approaches and how we might respond to it. And I want to do so by the verses that we've heard read this morning when Paul is writing to the Corinthians. Now, these verses actually have three different churches involved with them. And I want to uh, just unpack that a little bit. Just sort of hang on in there with me just for a couple of minutes because once this is clear, the whole passage starts to become clear as well. Three churches. The first is the church in Corinth, what is modern day Greece. Uh, Philip and I have actually been to the ruins of Corinth. You can actually see where Paul stood and preached. I encourage you to do that if you're ever on holiday uh, in the area. Uh, but it was known at the time as a wealthy city. It had two harbours or ports, uh, one on one side of a narrow strip of land, one on the other, and Boats would come in one side and they would drag them on uh, sort of on rollers across the land to the other port on the other side. And of course, as, as they did that, they would tax these ships 
and we're told that the wealth of the world used to come to Corinth. They had to pay their taxes. In fact, there was a Greek proverb that said not everybody can afford to do a trip to Corinth. It was a really expensive city as well. And Paul is writing to the Corinthians and he's asking them for money. He's warned them that this was going to happen. He's asked them to prepare and he's saying, I want you to be ready to give. That's the first church. The second church in this passage is the church in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem at this point in time is going through a difficult period. We think it was most likely a famine and consequently they are short of money. And Paul is doing a trip around a number of churches and he's collecting money for the church in Jerusalem. The third church, or I should say really churches, is what he describes as the Macedonian churches. Three or four hundred miles north of Corinth uh, and uh, churches like Philippi and Thessalonica. And these are the churches which he really, which as we'll see, have been through a difficult time but Paul really talks them up. He says they've been amazing in the way they've given, although they've been through a difficult time. Now, Corinth, you wealthy city, you pay attention to that as you think about how you should give to the needs in Jerusalem. And so I trust that we'll have a lot to learn from this passage today because we should be able at some level at least to relate to the church in Corinth because we too live in a wealthy city. London, of course, is one of the wealthiest cities in the world. But I suspect we can also relate to the Macedonians. As we'll see, they've been through a severe trial. And uh, well, that'd be one way of describing our last 12 months or more uh, as the pandemic has ripped through this city, as it's ripped through the world. Uh, it has been a severe trial. So I'm hoping that this passage will really help us as we prepare for next uh, next week's gift day. Uh, the first thing uh, that strikes me, though, is the way that Paul talks about the Macedonians' generosity. And he doesn't talk about their situation. He doesn't talk about their wealth. He talks about the grace of God that was on them that caused them to give. In other words, and this is really important, he's saying that there was a special work of God in the Macedonians' hearts, which caused them to be generous. That this giving, if you like, had a supernatural element to it. And that is common through the New Testament and through the age of uh, the church, that from time to time, individuals and whole churches have found themselves unusually, one might even say remarkably generous, and it's because of God's grace upon them. We've had many individuals at Christchurch London, and we have many individuals at Christchurch London right now, who are remarkably generous. And what is striking is that it's nothing to do with the amounts of money they have. There are some amongst us who have relatively small amounts of money, but have the grace of giving. This work, the supernatural work of God in their lives. There are others amongst us who have a lot more than the average. They've got a lot of money and God has done a work in their lives as well so that they too are very, very generous. I remember um, maybe the first or second time I ever spoke about giving at Christchurch London and at the end of it, uh, somebody who was relatively new to the church came to me and she said this. She said, David, 
I just want you to know I'm really grateful that you've told us what the Bible says about money. And from the next week on, she started giving a very significant amount of her income to the church. Subsequently, she married and it was her and her husband who actually made the first very generous five-figure sum uh, donation into our building fund. The grace of God was on that pair. The grace of God was on her as an individual. I'll never forget the very genuine, transparent, natural way. Thank you for telling me I want to do whatever God wants. And that grace is not just for individuals, though I would encourage all of us to pursue that, to ask God for that grace in our lives. But it's also for whole churches. There's a church in my hometown. I was raised in Bedford, 50 miles north of London. And there's a church in my hometown that has that grace upon them. In fact, the pastor of that church, just before we started Christchurch London, uh, pulled me into his study and he said, David, I want to tell you something. He said, God has given us more money than at times we've known what to do with. He said, we employ all the staff that we need. We run three different types of counselling or advice centre for the local community and don't have to make any charge at all. We give away 20% of our income every year. We have loaned out significant sums to two churches on an interest-free basis as they've acquired buildings. And we still have more to be able to contribute. And he said, we've been talking and we would like to support fully one member of your staff full-time team in the first year of Christchurch London. Well, I was thankful and I was amazed and there was something very special going on in that mature church where they knew the grace of God upon them. And the reality is the grace of God has been on Christchurch. We have seen amazing generosity. And that grace has been truthfully unlooked for. We didn't start the church thinking we want to build a really generous church. That wasn't one of our prime focuses, though of course that is a, a great thing to do. But I think that grace has come from our pursuit of the vision that God has given us, which is a big vision. We want to fill this city with as many services and churches as we possibly can. We want there to be communities near to every person living in this city, faith communities where they can go where there's hope and where there's community and where there's healing and where there's solace. We're told in Matthew's Gospel that when Jesus saw the crowds, they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Well, if we look out across London at this point in time, after all that's happened, in recent months, then I think that would be a fair description here too, that many hundreds of thousands, even millions of people in this city are harassed and helpless. They're like sheep without a shepherd. And we want to start communities, Jesus communities, services, near everybody so everyone has the opportunity of those things. We think the best way to do this is to be one church in many, many places. And to be honest, our pursuit of buildings 
as part of the gift day that we are approaching shortly is because we want to do this over the long term. Our prayer is that Christchurch London will be here for many generations to come. And we think that without buildings, it's going to be a lot harder to serve this city over the long term. It's an investment over generations to come. It's an investment for your children and your children's children, as well as for this city right now. And the other two focuses of this time, Steps and Food Bank, are the natural sort of overflow of a church that God is blessing. Anywhere that God is at work in a church setting, people should be better off as a result. It means that food hunger shouldn't, food poverty should not be there. It means that those of us that are broken and hurting should be finding healing. That's what Food Bank and that's what Steps do. And it has been as a pursuit of this sort of vision. Let's build the city as much as God gives us grace. As much as we are able under his hand, let's build this city with communities that can draw people in, that they can find him, they can find God, they can have their lives transformed. And in the meantime, let's bless our communities. Let's work for cultural, social and spiritual renewal. And it's really been as we've pursued that vision that we found the grace of God has been on us for generosity. So for the rest of our time, I want to consider the characteristics of that grace, that supernatural favour of God that was on the Macedonians that caused them to be so generous, that has been on us historically. And we need to just hear this again as the uh, constituency of the church continues to evolve and change. It does our hearts good anyway, doesn't it, to be reminded uh, of these things. And the first characteristic is this, that this grace operates not just in the good times, but it operates in the difficult times too. We're told, uh, as Paul writes to the Macedonians, he says that they've suffered a severe trial. <laughs> well, you would think severe trial, whatever that was, and it's, we don't know, it was probably persecution, uh, but we're not sure. But whatever it was, you would think, well, Paul, surely you take a pass on writing to churches that have been through a severe trial. And he also talks about their severe poverty as well. Uh, and yet Paul insists on writing to them and asking for a contribution because he knows that the grace of God is on them. And if, if I'm going to be honest with you, we've thought about should we take an offering at this time? Should we take an offering? at a time where so many have suffered and some are still suffering. Uh, globally, many are still suffering as a result of this pandemic. And we felt that we should for two reasons. Firstly, because the grace of God seems to operate, it does operate even when we're in severe trials and there's something we learn and it causes us to press into God as a result. And secondly, of course, for some of us, our outgoings have reduced over this last year, but our income has stayed steady. And therefore, for some of us, it has been a very severe trial. But for others of us, comparatively, we've done okay. And we felt that therefore we should continue with our plans, which we believe God's given us for this gift day. But it's been provoked really by this sense of the gift, the grace of God upon even those that are going through a severe trial. And the next thing that you see here is that it's characterised by overflowing joy. That there is this extraordinary cocktail 
The Macedonians have got it tough. They've not got much money, but they've got incredible joy. And the reality is that you tend to find the most joy, spiritual joy, spiritually motivated joy from those who have the least. I was raised as a teenager on the stories of Richard Wormbrand, pastor who was jailed in Romania under the communist authorities there for 14 years, three of which were in solitary confinement. And I remember uh, reading these words. As he described, he said, alone in my cell, I danced for joy every night. He was just so thrilled to be in God's presence and for all God had done for him. He had nothing else, but he continued, I felt I would burst if I did not give that joy expression. And the reality is that one of the ways I found to keep joy in my life is to give things away and to live sacrificially in my service and my pursuit of God. For it keeps my heart from being encumbered by all these good things uh, that we have around us that can start to sort of add accretions. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. I remember a while ago now, Philip and I deciding we were, we were going to give what for us was a significant amount of money. We could do it online. I remember filling out the forms, checking I've got all the bank account numbers right and the amount right. And then my finger hovering over the send button. And to my surprise, that hitting send was a real battle. My heart was not as free as I thought it was. There were other things, other powers that had some level of control. Eventually I hit scent. And I remember the sense, having hit scent, of the sense of joy and freedom that came as a result. This grace can work in the middle of the greatest difficulties, but it also comes and leads to overflowing joy. But as our hearts are free of other things, we see the full wonder, the full amazement of God's love, his salvation, his freedom, the purpose in life that he gives us. And so it fills us with joy. This grace also leads, according to this passage, for the ability for the Macedonians to give not just a generous amount, but even more than they were able. But well, how is that possible? How can you give more than you're able? Well, Paul goes on and expresses or explains more of this in chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians. And he essentially says this, that God will provide us with everything we need for every good work. That there are times where his spirit prompts us to give more than we would do by simply doing the maths. I've often said, and there's been countless times over the years, where I have done the maths, I've worked out what have we got to give. And often, and if I'm honest, sometimes prompted by Philippa, we have ended up giving significantly more than that as we've prayed and we've thought and we've felt God encourage us, test me, give and look for my grace. And there are countless stories across Christchurch London, of our experience of feeling led by the Spirit to give this amount and finding that God gives us what we need. Sometimes that's by unexpected 
financial return. Uh, in all sorts of ways, uh, we've had money that we weren't expecting, which has sort of covered the shortfall. On other occasions, God has simply given us grace to live without what we were expecting to have. Either way, it is a supernatural work of God. And these Macedonians, despite all the difficulties they were facing and their poverty, did not allow the reality of their shortfall to affect a sense that God is abundant and God can bless us. And therefore they gave even more than they were able. Not only that, but characteristic number four of this grace that God puts on us often when we're giving, was that the Macedonians were able to give their hearts first to God. It's very interesting here, Paul isn't writing to them sort of like a charity might try and do fundraising. We've all had envelopes that have come in the post and sometimes you look at them, maybe you think, oh, I really ought to give something and you either fill it out or you go online and you give to that charity. And Paul here is sort of taking the opposite approach. He's saying, I don't want you to think about the Jerusalem church first. I want you to give your heart to God. Do that first. Give yourself fully to him in worship and then think about what you give. And that really does change things. I remember some years ago now, we were trying to work out where to do a family celebration dinner for my mother's 65th birthday. It was decided in the end the easiest place for the whole family together was Philip from my home here in London. And my father was insistent that he covered the costs of the dinner. So in order that I didn't spend any more than he was expecting, I said, Dad, I said, what's the budget for that evening? And I'll never forget my father's response. He said this to me. He said, David, this is your mother's 65th birthday celebration, the skies the limit. In other words, my father loved my mother. This was not something, a tick box exercise that needed to be done. Dad was all in. He'd given his heart to my mother many, many uh, years, decades before. The result of this was just full-blown giving of himself. And that's what Paul is encouraging or exhorting the Macedonians to do, or, or saying the Macedonians have done and exhorting the Corinthians to do, is give your hearts to God. And I want to encourage you, as we approach this gift day, to do the same. I've so often said, no one has to give. This is not a pressurised thing. No, we give ourselves to God. Tell him that we're available. Tell him that we love him. Tell him that we want to follow him. And then we say, well, and then how do you want me to respond? And that's the nature of giving in the New Testament. And it comes out of the grace of God upon us. And so that grace of God, which functions in bad times as well as good times, it's characterised by overflowing joy. It gives more than we are able and it comes out of giving our hearts to God. Paul then says of the Macedonians, they gave themselves to God and then they gave themselves to us. In other words, they gave themselves to the mission. And I don't know how many of you, or I, I guess I don't know how many of those listening 
were with us for the prayer meeting just a couple of weeks ago, which Andy Tilsley opened up first 10 minutes, just a fantastic reminder of everything that God had done over the last year. It was sort of dizzying, 14 Alpha courses, all these children's work, youth work, uh, care for those in need, working with refugees, giving uh, internationally, uh, and many, many other things. And I remember listening to it and just thinking, this is so beyond what any individual could do. In fact, it's beyond what any individual can even know about in the full detail of what's happening. This is the work of God multiplying his work over and over across the city in the communities we're working with and further afield as well. And so I guess uh, if Paul was speaking to us today, that might be part of his challenge too, is give yourself to God and then give yourself to the mission. Throw yourself in wholeheartedly to being a blessing to London uh, early in the 21st century. And his final challenge is this to the Corinthians. He says, just as you excel in all sorts of other things, he said, would you also excel in this? Would you excel in the grace of giving? And I guess that's the challenge that the Holy Spirit wants to leave with all of us as we approach the gift day, is what would it mean for you and for me to excel, to be excellent, to be outstanding in terms of our giving? I guess for some of us, it might be simply taking part. Maybe that we've never took it, taken part in this sort of gift day before. Well, here's a first opportunity for that, an opportunity to start to experience the grace of God in our lives in this sort of way. For others of us, we may have taken part in the past, but we've never really first given our hearts to God. Maybe that's the challenge for us. If you're gonna excel in the great gift of giving, grace of giving, then you need to give your heart for the first time. Or maybe it's a question of giving more than you were able, or at the very least, being open to what the Spirit is saying to you. Listen to him this week. Give your heart and listen. See what the Lord is saying. I'm excited about next week, of course, the week after as well. I'm excited about what God is doing with us. It's been a very, very challenging year, but we're trusting God for great fruit and a great harvest for his glory going forwards. Look forward to doing this as a community and many communities together uh, as God continues his work amongst us. We hope you enjoyed this talk from the Christchurch London podcast. To hear other talks or find out more about our Sunday services, head to ChristchurchLondon.org.